1: new one is now on 102.9 espn radio missoula
2: i got a group of friends i hope that some of them are listening right now but every time they hear ccr Queens' Clearwater revival they take their shirts off <laughs> i don't know why they started this tradition but I played that for you, and if you, you guys aren't shirtless right now, I don't know. I don't know how long the tradition goes. It's definitely something that stems from the high school days, and uh, we're about half our lives out of high school at this point, but hopefully some of them are listening. A little CCR to bring you back here on your Monday. Hope you, you're not uh, too sluggish after the long weekend, but hope you had a great holiday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Monday. I'm Coulter Nuwanas here on Nuwana's Now, coming to you through the ESPN MT Studio. ESPN Missoula, part of Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. and proud to say so. If you noticed, I had a new shirt on every single day for like the last couple weeks. Thanks to Nate Dolan and our guys over at Graphic Imprints for getting all this gear. If you want to get apparel, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl, design, promotions, awards, anything like that, Nate and his team can hook you up. Visit graphic-imprints.com or you can email Nate, nate at graphicimprints.com. Com. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuana's Now podcast, proudly presented by the M-Store and the MSU Bookstore. And, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. guest guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and that's also going to be your way to win a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. That's coming up, not yet, but stay tuned, coming up. Fifty bucks to Dazzlers. I went through there today again, got my rig all spiffed up. It'll last for like two days, but I mean I don't care. I live we live right next door here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, so stay tuned for that. Time now for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningwig in studio with us. Coach, happy Thanksgiving.
1: How's the holiday? Man alive. It was awesome. By the way, that shirt looks fantastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> the <laughs> look look at where we're at. We've got Thanksgiving, right? Just got done with that. We've got Christmas coming up, and the Grizz are in it. The Grizz are in it, and uh, we're going to get to the Grizz here in just a minute.
2: And, uh, you have two boys coaching. We always give people the updates on the, uh, the morning wig family tree, but uh, Carol lost in the first round of the playoffs, so Bobby Cade squads out, uh, Big Sky out there at Columbia. The, Pioneer League doesn't, or excuse me, the uh, Ivy League doesn't make the playoffs, but they had a winning year. Uh, so anybody come home for Thanksgiving? You have some family
1: time? Two of the four. Molly, uh, Maldal up there in Whitefish and Big Bobby K, they lost a tough one to the number two ranked team in the country. They lost 17-14. And then Lindsay, my wife, was out in New York with my two young children out there uh, and watched got to see Sky's last game and had dinner with Maddie girl and uh so we got back home for Thanksgiving smoked the turkey usually on Thanksgiving we put a a few Christmas lights up and then go cut a tree down, either on Thanksgiving or the or the day after. We typically get that done.
2: When you were coaching in the NFL, did you ever have any Thanksgiving games? I'm sure you did. Uh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and usually, look, usually on Thanksgiving, you're usually working sure. to some extent. E- either you're practicing, uh, preparing, uh, or sometimes you're playing on Thanksgiving. And same with Christmas. Uh, and and so, I, you know, I would tell the kids, look it. If we get a holiday together, it's kind of like icing on the cake, and usually we would have the 4th of July together.
2: Did Did, uh, did you like playing on Thanksgiving? Loved it. I, I bet so, because, you know, a lot of times there's complaints about playing on Thursdays, but that's, you know, Thursdays in October or whatever. Thanksgiving's different, right? Because you know, like, 50 million people are going to be watching.
1: Well, that's right. It's like a Thursday night game and times it by, like, a 1,000. It's, it's one of those great primetime games. and i will tell you the players and to some extent coaches and certainly the fans they get juiced up for the primetime games sunday night monday night and thanksgiving i mean it's 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 a it's a a, a playoff type atmosphere
2: any uh, any family traditions that you uh exercising now on thanksgiving now that you have a little more time on your hands
1: well we're trying to make some traditions like <laughs> right. like getting the lights up for christmas but we don't turn them on we're not supposed to turn them on that's my wife saying no lights until after thanksgiving but we can't help ourselves but it gets <laughs> it gets dark on thanksgiving we have to flip oh, them yeah.
2: on I mean, my girlfriend's had the christmas tree up for like three weeks Is a I, I was like if it makes you happy just go for <laughs> it it's, it's all good uh Marty Morneweg in studio, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here uh, on Nuanas Now. It's presented in part by Front Street Pizza. Front Street Pizza has delicious, traditionally sourced pizza. Get it by the slice or by the pizza pie. It's located right there on Front Street across from the old public library underneath Rome Student Housing. Go check out Front Street Pizza and also make sure to keep it tuned here. We give you an opportunity to win free Front Street Pizza each week, each Friday. Uh, here on Nuanas now, Coach. You've been in the uh,
1: broadcast booth for most Grizz games throughout this year. Where'd you watch the, Did you watch the Grizz game, and, where, and if so, where we at? Bobby, Cade, and Lindsay, my wife and I, watched it. At our house, you know, as was an 8 o'clock nighttime game. And it didn't look like the stands were jam-packed at all. Nope. And I think it probably because it was Southeast Missouri State. I mean, there's a lot of factors, and, right? And, Thanksgiving and weekend. Thanksgiving, yeah.
2: I mean, you know, more yeah. often than not in this new playoff format, the Grizz have had a bye. So people are accustomed to having the Thanksgiving weekend to sort of revamp and then get ready for the playoff game first weekend of December. Also, they're coming off a... A butt whooping on the hands of the Bobcats, that, that helped. Yeah. you know And also, it's an 8 o'clock game on Saturday night. That, that uh, it definitely hurts ticket sales. When I first got to the stadium, I was sitting there thinking, man, this is the least people I've ever seen in this stadium. The announced attendance was 13,000. I, I think it was probably a little short of that as far as butts in the seats. But, man, did the people in the stands prove me wrong. I thought it was just as loud as as most of the games. Like, you could tell who the diehard fans are. It was all the people that went. Yeah. You know, the extra 12,000 are the ones that are there to drink beer and going out of the tailgates. But when, they, when the Grizz were down 17-3, to three, I was th- sitting there thinking, man, it's already 10 o'clock. It's cold. Has anybody come back in? I got to say, big-time props because I thought most people came back in, and I thought in the third and fourth quarter, like when Malik Flowers turned that kick, I mean, it, it was as loud as any game that has been this year. So shout-out to Grizz Nation because – A good showing, even if it wasn't a sellout.
1: Yeah, shout out to Grizz Nation, the fans, but especially the players. They hung in. They're down 21 points now. And it is hitting them in the face. For sure. They didn't look like the Montana Grizzly football team, right? I mean, it looked ugly. U-G-L-Y, right? That's my Montana education right there, baby. (laughs) Hey, so, 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 but... When you're in a game like that, just hang in there, hang in, hang in, hang in. Keep playing hard because it could be one play. It could be a bounce of the ball. It could be a mistake your opponent made. could be an official's call. Uh, and then the kick return, Let's talk about, I've heard you say ignite, oh, spark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that was, a, and then the defense stood up and stopped them. And then they punt the ball to Bergen and then that, that is like, it became a forest fire after that. Then they look like the Montana Grizzlies, a team that could go to Fargo, North Dakota and knock off the Bison. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll get to that one in just a minute. But
2: I did think that, uh, first of all, Southeastern Missouri came in here and they weren't scared of nothing. They had their own runout that they timed at the exact same time as the Grizz runout. They, uh, Brought their own boom box so they could play their own music during timeouts. They had their own fourth quarter pump-up song. They were in it all the way. I mean, Montana talks a lot of smack. They're a hard-hitting outfit. Southeast Missouri was ready for it. And I thought their quarterback was sweet. Paxton De Laurent. I mean, he was moving and grooving in and out of the pocket. He was throwing through contact. They hit him 50 times probably, and he made throws. And so credit to Southeast Missouri for coming in here. They, they definitely had some juice. But... I also thought, more than anything, this game was a bunch of Grizz seniors not wanting to be done. And I was wondering, after the first half, if maybe they just wanted to be done. If they were ready to just pack it in. Hey, we lost to our rival. You know, the season hasn't gone like we wanted. We're playing in the first round. Okay. But credit, all the credit to those guys. Because, I mean, in the first half, Patrick O'Connell went down again with an injury. That's super deflating. He's your captain. He's your tone setter. But in the second half, it was the seniors that, that carried the day. Malik Flowers with the spark. Uh, O'Connell looked way better defensively. I think he probably uh, got a little help in the locker room and and was playing with some uh, some new juice. And then Robbie Houck was the star of the game, I thought, defensively for Montana. So w- when it's losing, you might be your last football game ever, that's a pretty good motivating factor for those guys.
1: Well, everything you said... Sort of sparked him, but uh, certainly the kick return, the defense standing up, and the punt return. But I will tell you, when I was watching the television, right, and O'Connell was hurt, he got hurt. It did not look good. They they had a nice little flash on him at uh, on yeah, the bench. It didn't look, it good. Didn't look good. He looked hard. And then they went in, and he got a little help. Whether it was you know some sort of medicine, whether they poked him or whether they put it down his throat. All right. And this was his last game, and I went, ah, doggone it. And then when he came back, I thought that was another huge emotional uplift for the Grizz. And and look, it looked horrible. They were playing hard. It's just yeah. Southeast Missouri State was ready to go. They were. Everything went for them. We fumbled the ball again and gave them some. I mean, they had momentum. It's a momentum game. And then the Grizz... With one play, a kickoff return, and it started a big-time momentum flow for the Grizz. And hopefully, hopefully, they can kind of take that momentum with them and keep it rolling up in Fargo. I was
2: so, so shocked that Simo kicked to Montana, but more specifically punted to Montana. Before <laughs> Junior Bergen's power turn for a touchdown, you could see it in the pre-snap that that Simo was overloading the side because that's where Montana was bringing pressure. I looked at the guys next to me in the press box. I said, if he gets this punt off, it's a touchdown. And they said, what do you mean? I said, just watch. Boom. Because you could just see it. And all Montana had to do was make one block on the backside. And if Junior Bergen's
1: got daylight, buddy. I'm yeah, I know. Look at, look, at college kickers and punters, you've got to be able to... Two-directional kick and punt. Yeah, uh, and that guy
2: was a freshman, too. I felt and, and bad for him. Their coach was like, man, we tried to kick away from those guys. Our freshman, yeah. he almost did it, but then, you know, you make two mistakes, and those are the two best guys in the country, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and, and you, make, you make two mistakes, and it's two touchdowns. It's not like it's 30 or 40. It's touchdowns. And so uh, that, that, that's much easier said than done at the college level. Now, in the NFL... They become wicked good. They rarely oh, yeah. make a mistake. Uh, but but it still happens in the NFL. It still happens. I remember 2010, the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York football giants with just a few seconds left, and the punter mishit it and kicked it, punted it to the great Deshaun Jackson for a walk-off yeah. punt return. I remember that. Yeah.
2: Game. Marty Mornoway in studios, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio, it's presented in part by Rome Student Housing. Rome Student Housing has modern floor plan designs. The majority of the units, they have their own full bathrooms attached to the bedroom, so no more sharing a bathroom, no more sharing a sink or a shower. They also have pet-friendly apartments available, bike and ski-tune rooms, so you can keep all your outdoor stuff uh, in working order, whether it's the winter or the summer. They also have an interior courtyard with fire pits, grilling stations, ping-pong tables, and outdoor seating if you're looking for a place for you or your student to live. Just a 15-minute walk from the University of Montana campus, Rome Student Housing, located there on Front Street uh, in the heart of Missoula. Okay, so now this means the Grizz move on. They get an opportunity to face Goliath, the team that has won every single championship for the last 10 years pretty much in North Dakota State in Fargo. A couple things on this, Coach. First of all, from a coaching perspective, Montana was stuck in the mud for a while, But I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, that that level of momentum shift and to come back and win a game like that, if you can carry that, that could be something that could carry you on a run. How do you do that, though? How do you go about harnessing that momentum and taking it to Fargo?
1: Yeah, it's a natural byproduct of a win like that. Now, I've seen it happen two different ways, right? Sure, right. You you, You keep carrying the momentum. Or you left it all on the field this past game. You see that in basketball a lot. For They're sure. down 18 points, and they, and they they spend so much of their energy coming back, and they get within two, and then they collapse at the end of the game. You, you know, so so they, that great comeback win means much much less if they don't go up to Fargo and knock the Bison off. I will say this too: back in mid
2: September. After Montana went on the road and beat Indiana State 49 14, I said on this show that we saw the one way that Montana could win the national championship. And that is not by running the ball and controlling the clock or anything like that. It's by spreading it out and attacking the perimeter. I think now Montana's going to have to prove it because I think they realized finally, finally, they realized on Saturday they couldn't run the ball. So they found their playmakers in space. They let their quarterback actually try to make plays, and Lucas Johnson was awful in the first half yeah. and was lights out in the second half. It was the least he's had the reins on him in three months, and I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence. I think you got to take that part of it on the road to Fargo, too, because make no mistake, Montana's not going to have any mismatches in the box. Right, All their mismatches
1: are going to be on the perimeter. Uh, you're exactly right, Coulter. and look, it, I, I know this, that you must... Every game, allow your best players enough opportunities yeah. because your best players typically will score the touchdowns, win the game for you. It's so important inside, right? You start building a program inside out. Sure. But those those skilled players, they end up winning championships for you, and you saw that in the second half against SEMO.
2: When we talk about these Missouri Valley and Big Sky Conference crossovers that we've seen in the last couple years, it's almost always – that the the great skill players are the big sky, are the guys on the big sky teams, and then the lines are the Missouri Valley teams. North Dakota State accentuates that to the maximum. Marty Morneau again in studio with us here. Last two things on the Grizz, coach and the NDSU matchup. First of all, you were uh, in the National Football League for more than twenty five years, and uh, including uh, the, this last decade when NDSU really burst onto the scene. Yeah. And they burst onto the scene. I, I think it's so impressive. That they have this program that's sort of like a no-star deal where uh, you know it is sort of bigger than the players that are involved, yet they've had as many NFL players as anybody in the country. And uh, when you were in the NFL, do you remember scouting it, and I mean, do you kind of remember the phenomenon? Because. They're just on a totally different level than anybody else at the FCS level. I mean, you're scouting them like a Big Ten school rather than like a, a, a Missouri Valley school.
1: Well, absolutely. Look, they, I, I spent time with their staff in sure. the spring. You know, they called me, and so I went down there and spent uh, the most part of a week. And uh, and one thing I wanted to learn, because when you go somewhere, I want to come out of there learning something, sure. right? So, so the one thing I said, okay, how are they doing this? Well, they're doing it like everybody else wants to do it. They just do it better than everybody. And one thing I wanted to 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 know is how do they identify yeah. these players that they're getting, and, and and then and then how do they acquire them? Right, they've got some money up there, right? For sure. Uh, okay. So, and and then and then. And then how, how, how does their strength and conditioning program work? And no they've question. got one of the very best. So they get these 6'6", six, 225-pound six, men, and they end up being 6'6", six, six, 295 pounds by the time they're a junior. I mean, that's how they're doing it. They have a philosophy, uh, and they stick to it. Not that they can't adjust. And them not having stars... They've had quarterbacks go to the NFL back to back to back and, so, and even
2: four in a row if you count Brock Jensen who was an undrafted guy but he still was you know he was with the Dolphins for several years so they've had four yeah
1: them. yeah so so how how do they how do they identify how do they acquire them uh how do they uh, promote them how do they how do they uh, get, get them better and better and better uh, day by day, and that much of that is their coaching. They've got a heck of a coaching staff that rivals Montana's coaching staff, I would suspect, and uh, a terrific offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, and some fantastic assistants. I also think that they're in a spot that you wouldn't. Uh, I didn't realize it. Fargo, North Dakota, for sure. They've got some places. Oh, for sure. That they can recruit, and and they don't use the transfer portal as much as you would think nope. because they, give, they they want to give they want to develop their players they want them to be uh, all of their core players through the program and have a certain mentality i think that you're so right but i think that the
2: the key factor is north coast state's dominance and and also this goes hand in hand with developing players they had such long standing tradition way before they ever moved up to Division I. I mean, they won, like, 15 Division II national championships. So the fans, the people in the town, the people that are alumni, they know what to expect. They they expect big things. You're right. Fargo's only about two and a half, three hours from Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. University of Minnesota not being very good helped NDSU because you can go into the Twin Cities and just, you know, have your way. Indoor practice facility has helped them get into the warmer weather areas. And then you mentioned the strength coach, Jim Kramer. He's been there for the duration of this run. And, you know, I've interviewed him before. And like, like he says, he has to identify this specific body type. And that's why they're offensive line. I mean, that's the key to the whole thing. You can talk about NFL quarterbacks and receivers and running backs and all this stuff. They not only have a dozen offensive linemen in the NFL – I think there's six NDSU alums right now that are starting offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, their guys are are like top 50 picks. This is a whole different level of offensive linemen than almost
1: any college in the country. Well, in the past couple years, they've had linemen, quarterbacks... Receiver? Receivers, right. Well, you know, I mean, now this receiver, Turner, when yeah. I was on campus there. Christian Watson. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, he was he was done, but he was getting a little workout in, and I made a couple of calls to my buddies <laughs> <sure>. going, hey, <laughs> you know, whatever round you have this man in, uh, kick it up around. round. And uh, he went pretty high, I believe, was it? The second, the second round. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how he ends up doing. You want us
2: out, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on your radio dial. All right, enough of that. Let's talk some NFL. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
1: is now on ESPN Radio.
2: It's a Southern Rock kind of day here at Orleans Now. Welcome back. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Rolls on here on your radio dial, on your television, and on the ESPN MT app. Marty Mornowag in studio with me. Doobie Brothers. I'm Colter Nuanas, by the way. Doobie Brothers in Missoula a couple years ago was fun, man. I, I uh, If they ever wanted to come back, I would make sure to head on down for that one because that was uh, that was a fun one.
1: Sure, off.
2: Shirt off yeah. or on for the doobies. Yeah, right. I think that the shirts are on for the doobies. It's only shirt off for the uh, the Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, <laughs> I hope those guys are sitting in their living rooms right now with their shirts off. No, I don't. Keep your shirts on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh it looks like a little NFL. First of all, yesterday, once again, and it's it's not just a flash in the pan now because we're 11 games and 12 weeks into the season. Defense rules the day in the NFL right now. I mean, 30 points is a long ways away for a lot of these teams. We're seeing games in the teens all over the place. We've talked about it a little bit, but have, have you had any other observations or thoughts, Coach, on uh, just why this is? Yeah, the
1: unders have hit. This game is cyclic, for right? Sure, for sure. I mean, when I first got into the NFL, you saw basically. Uh, cover one and cover zero, some yeah. blitz down in the red zone, right? Yep. All right, and then and then it flipped to almost uh, you know a high percentage of quarters uh, or zero, and then and then all of a sudden, about four or five years later, all of a sudden you're looking at the numbers and it's leaning back to cover one or zero blitz and much less quarters. Why? Because people catch up to it, yep. right? And then you've got to stay one step ahead of your opponent. The running game is coming back as sure. well, uh, and and it's it's surprising uh, because of all these great quarterbacks. I think there's a fantastic amount of of, of great quarterbacks out there, uh, but they're using they're utilizing the running game because they've got some pretty good athletes. Playing the quarterback position and and a lot of read option and and triple option RPO plus plus a run you know so uh, I, I I suspect that that's one of the reasons that the unders are hitting at such a high rate
2: that it's certainly a factor I think there's a lot of different things that go into it one I think that the amount of big fast strong guys that are coming out of the SEC that are just Ready to, and the, SC, the Power Five in general, but the SEC specifically, they're just ready to roll. I think it makes it so you can rebuild a defense really quick. I also think that there's been such a huge prioritization of taking care of the ball. I know that's always been a huge part of pro football, but now, I mean, like if you go look at NFL quarterbacks' pick numbers, like interception numbers from the mid-90s, right? a lot of the greatest guys in the history of the league, you know, they throw 30 touchdowns and they throw 15 picks. Right. You throw 15 picks this day and age. I mean, most of the elite guys are in the, the single digits by a long shot. And so I think that that's part of it, too, though, is because possessions are so highly valued. Then you see teams just put a high priority, and it also makes the possession count go down. I mean, now in a given NFL game, each side gets what? Seven possessions? Eight
1: possessions? Yeah, I mean, typically you're going to have 70 70- plays right uh, sometimes it gets out of whack where one team might have 80 the other team might have 50 but sure but you, you know uh, uh, 72 plays 75 plays you get up near 80 that's uh, you you were controlling the ball uh, just a little bit in the clock you you know one one other surprising thing is these analytics have come into play so much uh, that teams are going for it an awful lot uh, on fourth one two three and four and, as well as two-point plays so your first thought would be oh these teams are being so aggressive they're going to score more points however, however, is what it does is teams that fail on those they yeah. they're taking three points off the board give me three points in some some occasions and they're leaving their opponent with a uh, poor field position at the same time. I also think that you've seen teams and
2: coaching staffs also realize that yards are empty calories when it's not inside the 20s right? And that's where I think you've seen NFL defenses improve so much is the amount of personnel packages they can play, the diversity they can play with down in the red zone. It's almost inevitable unless there's a turnover or unless one team's really dominating the other team that they're going to move the ball in the middle of the field. But then when they get down in the red zone, so often then you hold them to a field goal, and now all of a sudden if you hold them to three field goals on their one of their seven possessions – then all of a sudden, if they get one other touchdown, and that's how you get just scores in the teens over and over and over again.
1: Well, the Ravens kicked, what, four field goals. That's right. uh, and when they scored one touchdown, get beat on a two-point play. I will tell you another thing that pops into my mind is um, many of these NFL defenses sort of, that's why it's cyclic, They've, they sort of went with the, man at, there's no longer a true Mike linebacker anymore. Totally. A run stopper. And many, many years ago, they were playing two or even three downs, and then it got to the point where they were playing one down, first right. down. Right. Now, you don't see many of those type of guys. They're going with the, the athletic man that can run sideline to sideline. Yeah. So, so why has offenses come back to the running game. Well, because nobody has... well uh, Sometimes there were two of, of those right. guys in there. Now they've got the athlete and they go right at them. Plus the read option stuff is 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 in fad, uh, so to speak. So, uh, yeah. So it's interesting times. But this thing's cyclic. I For remember sure. Don Faroe, the great... Coach at Missouri still had an office uh, forty years ago when I was coaching at Missouri, and he had some film on from the nineteen forties, and he was in empty shotgun. Amazing! And I I, I went, I go, Coach, what year is this from? We had a great discussion, and he went through exactly why they they were playing at Oklahoma and he had to do something because he was manned and he thought this was the best thing to do and they won the
2: game i mean that's that's what the the read option is just like the rebranded version of the veer
1: out of the spread right i mean oh yeah it's got it's got components <laughs> of many things single wing yeah, the right, veer right. the triple some of these plays are triple options, right? That's
2: like Montana State's running the triple option right now, except for
1: that the third option, instead of being a pitch, is just a throw. Is a pass, That's right? right? That's usually the second option. So you're reading, let's say, end man on line of scrimmage to give the ball. He squeezes. You throw the football if there's no flat player. Let's say you've got a flat route. Okay, the flat player stretches. Now the quarterback runs because there's a gaping hole, you see. So so all of that's become triple options. You know the great Peyton Manning, right? He was a triple option guy, but That's it was right. just different. He would do it pre-snap. It was run right outside zone, run left inside zone. If they're in single safety middle, we're going to b- b- put a single safety middle pass on. Yep. So, and it was all dictated by the front and or coverage. So he was in the triple option 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It, it's not like the wishbone.
2: Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mordowig in studio with me, Colter Duanez, here on ESPN Radio. How about some free Dazzlers? Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Dazzlers Car Wash. I went and got my rig all shined up right before the show. I'll get it all dirty right before I get home. Who cares? I'll go wash it again tomorrow. We're right across the street. We got a $50 gift card for you to Dazzlers Car Wash. Call right now. We got caller number 6406-888-1029. That's 888 1029. Call right now. we got a $50 gift card for you to Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. All right, some headlines from across the NFL over the last couple days. Coach, first of all, uh, Deshaun Watson officially back for the Cleveland Browns. Jacoby Brissett uh, had quite a little... Farewell. led the Browns on overtime win against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could tell
1: you didn't want to give up that starting job. Uh, Brissett, you know, Skyler, my oldest son, yeah. Brissett played together there at Florida. And I, I like the young man. I like him as a quarterback. I like him as a young man as well. And he sure did a a, a good job. This suspension for Watson went on a little bit longer than I think they originally thought sure. it would. It's been years right? since
2: he's played by the time he actually gets back into yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... and And so uh, I think uh, initially when they made the deal for Deshaun, they were thinking, okay, it's going to be six or eight games, right? And hopefully we can go 500 and be in the thing. Uh, And I'm not sure that that happened quite the way they planned it. But this will be an interesting situation, both for Brissett and his future and then for Watson, and does it work for the Cleveland Browns?
2: Last night, the Philadelphia Eagles pulled out a win over the Green Bay Packers We saw the unveiling of Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers went to the locker room midway through that game. He's been talking about a hand injury for weeks. Now he's got a rib injury, too. The whole thing looks busted to me, Coach, in Green Bay. Is there any chance Aaron Rodgers shuts this thing down for the rest of the
1: year? Yeah, there's a good chance, uh, depending on uh, how bad these injuries are. Sure. Right? Uh, But... Players are play are, are, are paid to play in yeah. the NFL. That's what they do. And he gets paid about $3 million a game. Yeah, so. <laughs> so that's what they do. So if there's any shot at him playing until they're fully eliminated, and then they get a little look at this this Jordan Love kid who looked pretty good uh, last night as well.
2: Do a little surging and sinking right after this. More NFL talk on the Monday afternoon. Quarterback, keep it right here. CSPN Radio.
0: Oh!
1: It's Nuwana's now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: I hope you're not having too much of a Thanksgiving sleepy time, but Happy Holidays! Hope you had a great time with uh, your family, friends, wherever you may have gathered, and uh, welcome back to Nuanas now. We have a full jam-packed full week for you for the first time in a little while. And happy to say so. FCS playoffs rolls on. We're in the heart of the NFL season. And the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty carries on here on Nuanas Now as well. Presented in part by Dazzler's Car Wash right next door to us. Are we going to do a little sinking or surging, Coach? Uh, some of the teams that are uh, on the way up, on the way down. Uh, first of all, two teams that have been surging, that remain surging. Buffalo Bills, great win in Detroit on Thanksgiving. And then the Vikings, they bounce back from their Cowboys loss I beat the New England Patriots. And uh, there's a lot of doubters out there about the Vikings, but they're continuing to prove that they're the real deal. But the Bills, I thought that was a big win for them. You can tell Josh Allen's playing hurt, but to go on the road and beat actually a better-than-their-record Detroit team, that's was a good win on Thanksgiving.
1: Detroit gave them everything that they had. The Lions are an up-and-coming team. I know their record doesn't say it, but they play hard. They have some offense. It's a, it's a little bit up and down, but they do have some offensive players. They play hard on defense. Uh, I I I think in the next couple of years the Lions will be pretty good. So yes, that was a heck of a win. The Vikings just keep proving people wrong, and their quarterback is playing really well. Best, I think he's playing the best. He looks the, the best is like the, it's the best year of his career.
2: Also a big win for Cincinnati over the weekend, and uh, they've got it going a little bit. That was the first time this year that I've got to watch Joe Burrow from start to finish because it was a nationally televised game. I, You know, we saw how well Burrow played down the stretch last year. He was the player of the year in the playoffs, getting the Bengals to the Super Bowl. But that was the first time I've seen him where he was sort of up and down. He has a long ways to go in certain ways, but I think that... His what makes him special when he's when he shows that you can see how special he really can be. But I thought that was important for Cincinnati yesterday to beat the Titans in an ugly way. I mean, Burrow didn't play that well, and they didn't play that well, and they still figured out a way to get it done.
1: Now, the Titans Titans have a really good defense. Now, this Joe Burrow, he's a talented, special young man, but he's way too lackadaisical. Uh, in taking these sacks. Uh, uh, you know my thought process on sacks. Two-thirds of them are quarterback-related, and, and it's just too lackadaisical. So he, that's one hurdle. that he has got. And they keep blaming it on the line, right? Right. All right. Okay. Most of sacks are quarterback-related, right? Uh, So that's the challenge. That's the hurdle that he's got to overcome to be one of the great quarterbacks. I'm talking of all time. That's how special that the man is. When he's working in the pocket, when he is magic... He's like one of those
2: guys that has eyes in the back of his head, the way he can slide and stuff, but I think he he leans on that too much.
1: Well, that's why he's a little bit of a streak player now. For sure. Sometimes it takes uh, three, four, or even five years for a quarterback to figure out what he can get away with and what he can't, and it's a learning curve on what really damages my team and what helps my team. If you're third and and eight from the eight-yard line... A sack means very little, right? Right? Uh, go, because these kickers are so are so good. Uh, 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 a third and eight, and a sack from your minus ten, an eight yard sack. Now your punter doesn't have enough room. You, you field position, all that comes into play. So that's one hurdle. That's one great challenge that if I were coaching him, that I would focus in on.
2: Surging or sinking? A couple of teams we don't have to waste much time on because they've just been done sunk. That's the Chicago Bears mm. and the Denver Broncos. Uh, I mean, the the Broncos are as bad on offense as that I've ever seen in the NFL, in the modern NFL. Man, alive. I mean, alive. They, they are just truly terrible. They, they have nothing. They can't do anything. They can't run. They can't throw. They can't move the sticks. They can't score. It's crazy to think that they hired an offensive coach and signed a $250 million quarterback, and they, I mean they are on track, Coach, to to average the least amount of points per game in the NFL in 13 years.
1: That's nuts. Well, yeah, I, I will tell you, I, I know this. I've played many games, sometimes I've, there's several years, where you didn't have enough players on offense. But I know this. You can maneuver to score some points in the NFL. Right. You just have to stay a step or two ahead of your opponent, and you can get... Really crazy. That's where that's where the creativity comes in, for sure. And and now typically you need a pretty good defense to win those games, which which it happens more than one would think, uh, with an offense where you're not loaded up enough for to sure. score a bunch of points. But that looks really really bad because they've got a really a good quarterback. He's not playing like he's it. not playing good at all, man. The thing that's crazy is
2: they have good skill guys. Jerry Judy is great. Courtland Sutton, good. They have good offensive line. Uh defensively, they've I mean, I heard a stat the other day. If the Broncos would have just scored seventeen points, they'd be an eight win team. Yeah. Seventeen points. Yeah, That's they, not that
1: crazy of a number. That, that was my point. You typically you have to have a pretty good defense. Yeah, right. Uh yeah, you know, and then uh, if you're if you're undermanned on offense, but I'm not sure that's the case. It just right. hasn't come together for. They've got a good defense. They've got some good players on offense. Some would say great players. You know, I've been I've I've, I've had games and and year where there was nobody that you had heard of, and you still can maneuver. And it might not happen every single game where you can score enough points to win. But uh, I remember the Geno Smith. Uh, in New York, when I was coaching him as a as a rookie, started game one with a high ankle sprain, and we go eight and eight, knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, and it was just now we had a good defense, but we just totally maneuvered every single game, and you have to do that. Uh, the Broncos need to do that. You need a place to watch
2: Monday Night Football tonight? Head on down to the Silver Slipper. They have drink specials, twenty Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching Monday night football. also got a card game going. I swung in there last night to make some bets, and man, it's like they was having a tournament, but it wasn't. It was just the normal turnout for cards on Sunday night. It's crazy. All sorts of fun action down there at the Silver Slipper. Stop by, see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Marty Mornoweg in studio with us here on the Monday afternoon quarterback doing some surging or sinking. Here in the NFL, don't have much time to get to a lot of these re- rest of these. Before we get to this Monday Night Football, though, the one last team I want to ask you about is the uh, Baltimore Ravens.
1: They God, they have I not looked thinking, good the last uh, two uh, You two know, uh, you go back, it's kind of like the Grizz, 5-0, and 0-3, oh, oh and, and, then, and then they come back and then they lose the ball, and then they have a great comeback win. That's kind of like the Ravens. Their defense was so poor early in the year. They got that fixed. Yep. I think their defense is playing reasonably well, but they've got to stand up when the game's on the line. Don't ever count the Ravens out with the great Lamar Jackson. And if they play decent defense, they could go on a run. I'm not saying it, it's going to happen every year uh, because they've been better on defense in the past. But you got the great Lamar Jackson with a little bit of defense. Don't count them out.
2: Monday afternoon, quarterback, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. right next door to us. Get that legacy package. It's going to do you well, I promise you. I got one. Just swing through whatever you want. Keep that car Nice. Keep the paint job good all throughout the winter. Also presented by Rome Student Housing. Go visit Rome Student Housing's website for a virtual tour of some of the nicest student housing units here uh, in the Garden City. It's also presented by Front Street Pizza. Some of the best pizza here in the in the uh, Garden City as well. Front Street Pizza, traditionally sourced right there on Front Street, right underneath Rome Student Housing. Thanks to those three great sponsors. Monday night football tonight. The line Colts minus two and a half. This is a fascinating line because, by the way, it's Sportsbet Montana kiosks all over the place. Uh, Go to Sportsbet Montana's uh, website to check out where there might be uh, locations to place your wagers for the game. But I thought this was uh, interesting. Some commentary from my brother, who's uh, quite the gambling aficionado. He said, after facing Josh McDaniels and Nick Sirianni back-to-back, Jeff Saturday is at a clear coaching disadvantage against Mike Tomlin. This is typically a great spot because Tomlin, as an underdog, uh, is forty-six and twenty-eight against the spread in his career. And uh, Mike Tomlin, those Steelers are struggling this year, but he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Period. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And uh, Saturday is in his uh, third game as a coach. So Colts minus two and a half. Interesting. It's a, it's at home. It's in Indy. But uh,
1: and I know the Steelers haven't been very good, but it's an interesting line. Well, it's fascinating uh, game, uh, really. uh, Who cares? But you've got some fascinating stuff. You got Mike Tomlin, right, on a on a a, a depleted uh, Pittsburgh team. uh, As far as if you if you're relating it to past history, and then and then you've got Saturday, who I know and like and sort of rooting for. That's so interesting. There's going to be eyes on this game just because of him. He's in his third game as a, uh, other than high school coaching uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, no assistant coaching, uh, no, no nothing. Uh, so uh, will a mistake or two happen uh, with him being the head coach? He's got some really good coaches around him. He's a smart dude. Maybe he knows enough to wear he will stay away from a big-time coaching mistake. Go check out Sports Bet Montana's
2: website or get that Sports Bet Montana app to get your wagers in before Monday night football. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Bordewig, in studio. The last one I'll leave you with, Coach, is that uh, for the first time since July, we have a new Super Bowl betting favorite. It is the Kansas City Chiefs, no longer the Buffalo Bills. And I think it's because we're about to be into December. Patrick Mahomes has won 25 straight games uh, against division opponents. He's never lost a divisional road game in his time as the Chiefs quarterback. That's just like unbelievable. Uh, and uh, they haven't lost in November or December in three years. So I think that uh, all those things indicative of uh, why the Chiefs are the new Super Bowl favorites.
1: Those are crazy numbers. And uh, a couple things come to my mind. Patrick Mahomes is a great player. The Chiefs are a heck of a football team. That's why those numbers are are, are there. But lastly... Andy Reid and I go way back, you know, 40 years. He wants his team to be playing their best football down the stretch and into the playoffs. So his system, and that comes all the way back from Paul Brown, Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren, and, and, and Andy. His system allows that. And they may not be quite as good early in the year than other teams. But the way they go about their business it's we will be playing our best down the stretch and into the playoffs, and it typically works unless a team that has that philosophy and abides by it gets nicked up so much that they just don't have enough fellas.
2: Jam-packed Nuanas Now here on your Monday. If you missed anything, go check it out on the Nuana's Now podcast, which is probably presented by the M Store. And the MSU bookstore. Also, I have to say thank you to our great sponsors, the Advocates, Stockman Bank, Blackfoot Communications, plus Rome Student Housing, Front Street Pizza, and Dazzler's Car Wash, along with Silver Slipper. Couldn't do it without any of those great sponsors. Coach, thanks for being here, man.
1: Man, it's awesome. Have a great holiday uh coming up with all this Christmas. I see in lights out there and everything. Fantastic.
2: Plenty of stuff for you tomorrow, including more FCS playoffs. We'll see you at four. This is Duana's Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that?